You're killing me, Smalls! Hey guys, Colleen Wolf from NFL Network, and look, you may or may not know, I'm from Philly. I'm ride or die Philadelphia, but especially when it comes to sports. So you guys need to check out Mike Small on the Killing Me Smalls podcast. This guy crushes it, and I can't wait to hear what he has to say next. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Killing Me Smalls podcast. I am your host, Mike Small. You can follow me on Twitter at RealMikeSmall. And you can follow this podcast on the Painted Lines Network on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Painted Lines. Or you can subscribe to the Killing Me Smalls podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You probably recognize this guy next to me. His name is Ian Rappaport. He is arguably the top NFL insider out there. You see him. I just saw him on Good Morning Football this morning. Um, he's on Twitter at RapSheet. And he's got 2.4 million followers, and I'll bet all of you are some of them. And there's a reason, because he's got great content. Ian, welcome back to the Kill Me Smalls podcast. What's going on? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. It's good to see you. But um, I had to get you on. I know that you're in the middle of a lot of craziness right now with with COVID and stories breaking and the playoffs coming and and injuries and who's in, who's out. But I have to talk to you here in Philadelphia, unless you've been living under a rock, and I know you're not. It's a little crazy in the quarterback scene. What is yeah. your take on this Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz fiasco? Well, um, you know, I, I would say, first of all, I don't I'm not sure I expected Jalen Hurts to come out and play like he did on Sunday. I mean, he was he came out there and was was moving the ball, he was effective, he was efficient, he was, you know, showing escapability, he was moving the offense, he was converting. Uh, I was really impressed. Uh, and I think for, you know, for Hertz, there's a lot of reasons to be impressed. Like, I think one of the reasons the Eagles took him in the second round, and while while I know a couple other teams were also strongly considering him in the second round, was because the moment would never be too big for him. I mean, he's played for the biggest programs. Right. He's played in the biggest moments. He's handled a lot of adversity, like more than most college kids could ever imagine. And so I think in the moment he was fine. And the fact that he played well and they won against – know the NFL's best defense is significant um it is a little bit of a fiasco but if Jalen Hurts continues to play like he did on Sunday he probably answers a lot of the questions because I would say if he goes out and keeps winning or if the team finishes strong probably a better chance that Doug Peterson stays probably a better chance that Hurts has a, a shot at being the starting quarterback in 2021 and probably a better chance that Carson Wentz is traded so Jalen Hurts's performance ends up dictating a lot of things. Well, you you uh, threw a lot out there that I want to dig into here. First of all, I know, you know, last time you were on the podcast, you talked about your background working in Alabama and having a relationship with Nick Saban. And as an Alabama fan, I've watched every snap that Jalen Hurts has ever taken. And I have to say, he does not look like the same guy. I mean, he gets rid of the ball a lot quicker. His decisions are a lot quicker. And his arm seems a lot more accurate and better. Have you seen a lot of growth in him since you watched him in college? Yeah, I mean, I had an interesting conversation with Quincy Avery, who is his quarterback guru slash pre-draft coach. You know, he does a lot of the top quarterbacks. And he was telling me that from the time Hertz arrived, which would be like late January, mid to late January, to the draft, which obviously is late April, he improved more than any other player. As far as delivering the ball, accuracy, um, not velocity, but just how he delivers it just improved a ton. I think that's one thing. I mean, he was, he was unloading the ball and there was a lot on it. 
The other thing is because of his escapability, because he can move around the pocket, he's mm -hmm. getting guys open, more open than they would be otherwise. So accuracy is good, but I wouldn't say he needs to be that accurate because his mobility allows guys to be more open. Uh, I would say the other thing is, you know, he went to Alabama, was a star, um, ended up obviously giving way to Tua, and then went to Oklahoma and was a star, but got coached by some really good college quarterback coaches. You learn from that. That's how it's supposed to be. Um, so, you know, to me, he reminded me a little bit of Dak Prescott early on because everyone doubted Dak's accuracy. They wonder, oh, you know, he's, he's mobile. You know, does he, um, you know, how durable is he going to be? And obviously Dak is out for the season now, but had been unbelievably durable before that, um, before that kind of freak, freak accident. Um, I see a lot of the same in Jalen Hurts where people wondered if it was going to translate. And then in today's NFL, that actually translates. You know, you, you you mentioned, you know, when they drafted him, there were a lot of other teams that were interested in Jalen. Mm -hmm. You have to wonder if this is really Armageddon from what everybody thought could happen when they made the pick. When they when the Eagles made that pick in the second round, it's a team that is deficient on the offensive line, does not have a lot of weapons, and really could have used that second round pick on something else. You know, of course, Doug Peterson likes to have his quarterback factory. Uh, which he's which he's referenced a few times, but really, when they made the pick, this is maybe the best and worst case scenario that could have happened. What what looking back on it, what was the calculus in making that decision, in your opinion? Well, I I do get it, right? And I don't. To me, you could take a quarterback every year, and I'd be fine with it. You could take a quarterback in the second round, third round, I'd be fine with it. I I get that there are other players that might have helped. Nothing is more important than the quarterback position. Literally, nothing. And I know that because the Eagles literally won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. That's how important it was. Their season should have been over. Instead, they won the Super Bowl. So to me, it's a premium pick, but it's a pre quarterback's a premium position. I was fine with the pick. But what I did not foresee was the potential. I don't, I'm not, I can't get in Carson Wentz's head, so I don't know. But the potential that it affected Carson Wentz's confidence and his ability to play football. You know, did it? Yeah. negatively affect him? Did it detract from his confidence? Did it hurt him? Maybe. Um, so that would be the bad part of it. I mean, all I know is how Carson played after Jalen arrived and it was, none of it was good. Well, it's chicken um, or the egg, right? Did they, did the Eagles maybe foresee something that made them say, you know what, we better get some coverage here. Although they did just give him that big contract. So you kind of wonder. Yeah. I mean, and well, they also have seen him go in, you know, be injured yeah. late in every season you know, for the last several years. So it's, you know, to me, it's like, if you want to invest a second rounder to make sure that when Carson eventually gets injured, you don't have to collapse. Like that would be a pretty good use of resources to me. Um, I think the fact that he's coming and at least in one game played well would answer a lot of questions because if he continues to play well, you're not going to have any more questions. You know, I mean, I think with like, let's say the Cowboys, you know, obviously, Romo is a lot older than Wentz, but you had all these quarterback questions. What are they going to do? What happens when Romo is healthy? Dak just kept playing well, and there was your answer. He was the guy because he was obviously the guy. Uh, maybe that happens with the Eagles too. Now, I saw you the other day on uh, the NFL Network talking about if the Eagles traded Wentz. I believe the uh, the cap hit would be about $23 million. If they, is uh, that, or no, no I'm wrong. It's $33 million, yeah. right? It'd be more. It'd be 33 or 34. 
So basically, so, the way so it breaks down, them, it's 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 a lot more. If they trade them, they gain about eight hundred thousand in cap space, but you're still taking about a thirty three million dollar hit. So, no, you gain a lot more than that if you trade them. So if you trade them, um, if you cut them at sixty million dollars in dead cap money, that's right. very bad. If you trade him, you dump his $25 million in salary that goes to the next team. So you get rid of $25 million of salary. So yes, you take a 33 or $34 million hit, right. but you also unload $25 million that's fully guaranteed. So, so yeah, you know, the other part of it is like, you, you're already committed. You're, re- you're already screwed for lack of a better way of saying it. So if you can trade them, might as well get what you can and alleviate the the crushing cap load just a little bit. There's a lot of quarterbacks that have come in and played really well for a few games, and then defensive coordinators figure them out. And then the next thing you know, they're Bobby Hoying, right? So what do you need to see if you're the Eagles before making a decision like that? Well, I mean, I, I think there's two things. One, it'd be nice, you know, you, four games is not a lot, but it's something. That's a solid sample size. I mean, the Saints are going to do the same thing with Taysom Hill. Like, is he our starter? Is he not? You know, I don't know. Last just, week. <laughs> last week was bad. Three, yeah. You're, you're going to get, either way, you're going to get a solid sample size where you say, at least now I have some artillery um, to make the decision. And then the other part of it is, what's the alternative? You know, if you're the Eagles, is your alternative to, you know, say, all right, we're going to have a a competition in camp? I don't know. I mean, would Carson really do that? Hard to imagine. Um, And then, you know, are you going to just name Carson the starter because Hurts isn't good enough? It's hard to imagine, too. I don't know. Not a lot of situations are good. What do you see this doing to the locker room right now? I mean, it seemed like there was a a kind of a faction of the younger guys gravitating towards Hertz and some of the veterans gravitating towards Wentz. Now that Hertz is playing well, what do you think? Have you heard anything in terms of what the locker room is like? I haven't. Um, but I would say historically locker rooms get over it. If a guy's playing well, you could hate him if he's playing well. I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks who are playing well and who are not well liked by their teammates, but he's their guy because he's playing well. If Jalen Hurts is playing well, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem with it. They might feel for Carson. Right. I do imagine that's going to be the case, but I don't imagine they're going to have a, a problem with Jalen just because they were friends with the other guy. So is it fair to say two weeks ago, Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman might have been on the hot seat? Um, or, I don't get the sense that Howie Roseman yeah. was on the hot seat, but you Doug was. So? Do I, I think- never, I mean, never got, it's possible. I don't want to ruin yeah. it out. I just, got that sense so this does this change things dramatically if Jalen plays well do you think for both of them yeah I mean let's focus on Doug because I yeah. think Doug Peterson is probably the most at risk here you know this has been a bad season obviously yeah. but the defense has been playing well and you have you know a lot of cap concerns but like defense have been playing well the offensive line is completely beat up and Carson's played terrible so if Jalen Hurts comes in and plays well and they win some games you could make the argument like it's not doug it was just carson like that's it you, you know carson wasn't very good and the team lost a bunch of games and they bring in someone else who was better and then they win some games and doug has a part in coaching jalen hurts as well so yeah i mean i would say if if jalen hurts comes in and plays well we might see much more limited changes in the eagles organization 
Just curious, why do you think Howie wasn't on the hot seat? Because if you take a look at this thing holistically, they've passed on some great receivers and picked the wrong ones over the last few years. The offensive line is is not good, made some bad decisions there. Um, you know, they've, they lack a lot of depth in a lot of key positions. Normally, you go to the general manager. Now, I know they won a Super Bowl three years ago, but it seems kind like Howie's a little bit of a big better. deal. Super Bowls are – It's a big deal. It's a big deal. You know, like you sort of – I know what you're saying, but – Yeah. Think – look around the league. Jason Light has been there like seven years. Has not – I don't even think he's been to the playoffs, honestly. Dave Caldwell had one winning season in seven years. Howie Roseman went to the Super Bowl and won it with a backup quarterback. That is not only awesome, but it's also a show of being a very good general manager by having the players good enough to win a Super Bowl without your starting quarterback. So, you know, that doesn't mean he gets to stay in the job forever. Um, but his record's pretty good. And and so, I don't know. I mean, you know, you want to kill him for the Carson contract? Fair. Uh, Alshon contract? Fair. However, I don't think Jake those Elliott. things should... Uh, yeah, I would say that's another one. Um, but then there's... You know, plenty of things that he has, that he has done right. Main thing is, it is possible that Carson, that his sort of regression is isolated, and that that has brought everything down. And then if another quarterback goes in there and the team suddenly looks better, you could say instead of fire everyone, it you could say it's just this guy. And I think that's the kind of evaluation Eagles need to make. Ian, real quick, I just want to uh, do a quick charity plug. Um, my daughter has a brain tumor, and um, she's doing great. She was on chemotherapy for 18 months. It's wow. inoperable, so we have to get it checked every four months, and she's doing phenomenal and really good to hear. got some of the, the greatest care ever at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and she's 17 years old, an amazing student, and what she has done is started a charity called Small Miracles. And what she, she did last year, and, and we're on the way to doing it this year, she raised over $15,000 last year. And one of the things that we noticed was when the, when the kids on the chemo floor, on the oncology floor, were um, going through treatment, the youngest ones, there were toys and games for them, but the teenagers really didn't have anything. And they, were, they had hoodies on, and they kind of you know re, um, isolated themselves and she really wanted to do something for the teens. And with Small Miracles, she collected over $15,000 last year, bought gift cards and socks and games for for those kids. And, and it's now a 501c3. And if anybody wants to donate, um, you can Venmo at small underscore miracles. Please take a look on the website. It's smallmiraclesinc.org. And if you're looking for something to donate, it's a great cause. She's really doing great things. I'm, I couldn't be more proud of her, and she's doing great. So, Ian, thanks for giving me a moment to, uh, to read that. That's very cool. Absolutely. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, so what's going on with you? I mean, what is, what is your life like during this time of COVID? I know that you know, you're, you're usually working from your house, but how have things evolved? We know how things have evolved in the NFL, but you know, as the ultimate NFL insider, what is your life like right now? Um, I would say it's it's you know relatively the same. Um, I mean, I there's some trips that I missed, um, owners meetings during the season. I obviously didn't go to training camps anywhere. That was a real bummer. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I would say 
I, I don't travel that much during the season. And so it's been somewhat similar. I mean, the only difference is I leave my office here and I go out and see my boys doing, you know, second half of the day, they're in virtual school in our basement. I have little things set up here. So I get to see them and say, hello. like, that's kind of nice. Um, otherwise I think it's been, it's been pretty similar. I'm just like everyone else just trying to get through this and get the vaccine to as many people as possible and get to the other side. Yeah, no doubt. You know, when we spoke last time, it was before the draft and we were talking about, we we're talking about Justin Herbert and Tua and Burrow and now Jalen Hurts. And, um, what has surprised you most about the league this year? Not, not the off the field stuff, but the on the field stuff. Um, you know, some of the quarterbacks have really made a, a big impact. Um, there's definitely been some separation amongst the teams over the last two or three weeks. If you had to put two or three things out there that have really surprised you about the NFL in 2020 or 2020, what would it be? Um, that's a great question. I mean, some of the stuff that's happened has been kind of like we thought. I mean, I think we all thought the Chiefs would be good. All thought the Patriots would be kind of not as good. Um, you know, Dolphins looking like a really stellar team without uh, you know Tua kind of emerging on a week to week basis yet. I'd say that's been surprising, interesting, Talk and about surprising. No weapons. Yeah, yeah I watched them this week. I mean, they have they have. All three rookie starters on the O line, nothing at running back, barely anything at receiver, and yet they're what eight and five. Pretty amazing, incredible. And you know, then the Washington team with a third string quarterback, yeah, who you know could barely walk a year ago, um, almost five hundred and and in the lead for the division. That's been interesting and kind of fun. Um, you know, the Texans doing what they did was really surprising. Firing Bill O'Brien, being a bad team. Um, but, you know, this is the weirdest year ever, so I, I would say uh, nothing really should surprise me, honestly. Is it Chiefs versus the field at this point, in your opinion? Um, and you have to excuse me. I'm tweeting something while we're talking. I would say – Breaking um, news? You can break it right here, you know. <laughs> well, it's already out there. But, um, okay. yeah, I mean, it's – I would say probably Chiefs versus the field. Um, yeah. I don't know, though. I mean – AFC's got some good teams. I mean, watch, you know, the Browns, the Browns lost, but they're going to be tough in the playoffs. Titans are going to be tough in the playoffs. They can both run the heck out of the ball. Chiefs are good, man, but they've also had a bunch of late, late game wins recently, which obviously they're winning, which is good, but, you know, letting other teams stay in and hang around has been interesting to watch. That's going to be a lot of fun. I can't thank you enough for joining the podcast. Can we have you back sometime soon? Absolutely. I would love it. Excuse me. Sorry. I don't mean to. No, be you, you go. I know I only had you for a short amount of time. I'm going to thank everybody for joining. And Ian, where can everybody follow you? Follow me at Rapshoot on Twitter, Instagram, on NFL Network at all hours of the day. Um, a lot of places. And thank you, man. Thank you for having me. This has been yeah, fun. First thing you do is wake up Sunday morning and put on the NFL Network. That's it. All right, Ian. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank everybody, you. thanks for watching and listening to Killing Me Smalls and have a great rest of the week. Hey, it's Justin Grasso from Sports Illustrated. You're killing me, Smalls. Enjoy the podcast.